Welcome back to WBAI. You're listening to Indie Radio News. We're talking today about Bernie Sanders entering the 2020 presidential race. My guests are editor-in-chief of The Independent, John Tarleton, and independent writer Nick Powers. So I want to jump now to what's going to happen when the general election runs around, comes around. Um, a, some criticisms of Sanders have been that America is not ready for socialism. Um, John, what's your take on this? Well, uh, all the polls show that, again, the, the key platform planks that, that Sanders has popularized and now that many other leading Democratic contenders uh, have uh, embraced uh, poll really well. Uh, things like Medicare for All uh, and free college tuition uh, poll well over 50%, push 60%. Uh, the Green New Deal, uh, as introduced by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, polls at over 70%. So I think the the Republicans are on the on you know they're on the wrong side of history and the wrong side of a lot of these issues and and what they're trying to fall back to is uh, you know essentially scaremongering and, and and frightening their base to to want to come out in 2020 for Trump one more time, even though he's really uh, let a lot of them down, especially the less well-off uh, among his uh, supporters. So, uh, you know, socialism has been a scare word in American politics for over a century. On the other hand, we're 30 years removed from the end of the Cold War. And for Americans under 50 years old, how much does, you know, socialism doesn't have the same scary connotations uh, as it does maybe for an older generation that, frankly, is dying off. Uh, and, and for the younger generation, you know, ca capitalism, especially uh, you know, this kind of crony capitalism that really came to the fore with the Wall Street crisis in 2008 is what they're alarmed about, and they want real solutions and, and a real path forward. And uh, it's even been dramatized more in, in the last couple of months with the, uh, with the rollout of the Green, uh, the Green New Deal. And you're seeing young people, you know, not only in their 20s and 30s, but in their teens, are really taking the lead on that. And of course, we had that dramatic confrontation this weekend where the young people confronted Dianne Feinstein, mm -hmm. who's uh, pushing 90 years old, and, and it was basically like, I, I know what I'm doing, you don't need to worry about this, and yeah. and they obviously felt very differently. Yeah, I think there's also a competition uh, of images. When Trump and the Republicans are talking about socialism. Sometimes they evoke Cold War imagery, but more often they evoke Venezuela and they evoke uh, nations that are in a political crisis or failed or broken. And the reality is, is that when the left imagines socialism or democratic socialism, they imagine a Green New Deal with the mass mobilization of what was happening for World War II. You know, people lined up to do jobs, um, a country being deeply transformed. And so it is a deeply positive and humanist vision and not a vision, not a totalitarian vision, which is one that they're bringing up, you know, from, you know, their side of a nightmare history. And so I think one of the things is to constantly reaffirm that what the left is saying for democratic socialism is what this country has already done leading up to World War II, but now the challenge is climate change. And it's about developing the human spirit and labor to actually make a positive difference in history and not this kind of totalitarian Rocky Ford nightmare that they have in their heads. And some, also, it's just impossible to understate how wealthy the United States is as a society. Yeah. I, I mean, we spend over $700 billion a year on our military alone, year after year. That's like $7 trillion in a decade. We waste tremendous amounts of money on our, our private insurance system. So there is 
plenty of wealth to go around. I mean, the 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 three wealthiest men in America uh, uh, control more wealth than the the bottom fifty percent of the society. Uh, so and we have extreme extreme levels of inequality. And if that wealth was more equitably distributed, we could all live large and not be under this scarcity. And Nick, just to go back to the other candidates, what difference do you think it would make socially? What would this country look like to you? What, what's your prediction, a, a country under Bernie versus under some of these other candidates that people are considering? His call for mass mobilization would be a challenge Yes, to the ruling class, but more so a challenge to everyday people. Because oppression works to a certain degree by complicity. You have to accept your role in it, wake up every single day and do your job in it. And I think what Bernie's political revolution ultimately means is that we have to step out of our complicity, out of our everyday work lives, and be in the streets and protest. And that means that we transform from consumers to citizens and from citizens to revolutionaries. And that's a huge spiritual, psychological revolution, both individually and collectively. And so I think we haven't really touched on enough that uh, for the Green New Deal to happen, for Bernie to happen, for this sweeping epic change to happen, we have to change. And it's odd because that rhetoric is something that was used in a very poetic way in the 2008 Obama election. And then obviously it led to the kind of, you know, um, glue trap of neoliberalism. So in the end, it has to actually be people-centered. Um, and that's where I actually have a lot of hope because um, Bernie's last campaign sparked a very authentic populist uprising that scared the Democratic uh, centrist leadership. Much like Trump's um, candidacy scared actually the Republican elite. And now, of course, they just fell in line like dominoes. Um, so I think sometimes when you fear, when you see or smell the fear of the elite, that's when you can know that there's an authentic populist uprising. And so when Wall Street says, hey, we can deal with Kamala Harris, we can deal with Cory Booker, uh, we can deal with Gillibrand, et cetera, hell, even bring back Hillary for one more run. But when they say never to Bernie and never uh, to uh, Elizabeth Warren, then you know that because their fear is telling you that's who the real deal is. And in the last minute we have here, John, your thoughts looking forward. What do you think of an America under Bernie would look like versus some of these other candidates? It's potentially very promising. It would be a, it would be an intense struggle if uh, if he uh, made it into the White House. I mean, he would still face tremendous opposition. So it would be a, a, it would be a very intense moment in American history uh, to to win these kind of uh, sweeping changes, but. Uh, it would also be a very exciting time, I think. Um, also, in terms of looking forward, just want to note that we'll come out with our March edition at the end of this week. We're going to have a number of writers uh, focusing on, on Bernie's entry into the race, what it means, uh, what things might look like going forward. Uh, we will be at uh, Brooklyn College on Saturday uh, at the Sanders event, handing out the paper. We'll have coverage from that uh, event. And again, you can pick up our March edition around the city in our news boxes on street corners and in libraries and laundromats and independent bookstores and elsewhere. Um, so uh, we're excited about the next issue that's coming out and excited to continue this conversation going forward because obviously this uh, presidential season is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. If I could just add, Bernie, give people uh, child care. We really, <laughs> we really need it, brother. What do you say, True? 
Now he's quiet. <laughs> now he's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kissy uh, Baby. That's, that's all we have for you all today. Nick Powers, writer and indie, at the Indie and professor of literature at SUNY Elk. Old Westbury and John Tarleton, the editor in chief of The Independent. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us, Lydia. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. You can join us every Monday at 6 p.m. for Indie Radio News right here on WBAI. Mm-hmm.